welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hi and welcome to episode 72 of Mipit Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Clava, and today we're going to talk about all those marketing tactics that drive me nuts, that I feel need to die, and I know I'm not alone on this, and what you can do instead of them if you are doing some of these, because I think, you know, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt if these are things that you have also done. Sometimes it's just we don't know any different, and I want to talk about why these are tactics that don't work. Um, even if you've had some success from them, why they just overall don't work and what you can do instead. Uh, For those of you who've never been part of a Map Marketing podcast episode before, welcome to the show. Um, If you want to talk about this episode and anything else, come along and be part of our Map Marketing Facebook group where you can ask questions about anything to do with marketing for your small business. And if you're a regular, thank you so much. Thank you for listening in this week and all the other weeks. Please do uh, rate and review the podcast to help other people know and trust it and um, and do that. Now, let's get started with this, pod- with this podcast topic. So one of the biggest mistakes small business owners make, um, including marketers, is to assume that something is not a good idea simply because I don't like it. And some of these things, are cut, one or two of the things on here might come under that, that there are things around my personal style, but then there are other marketing tactics that go on that are not good for you not good for your brand not good for your business some of them are even against the terms of service on the platforms we're using so we shouldn't be doing them now occasionally there are things that we all have different views on one of them is email Um, everyone has an idea of what frequency of email is okay but generally it's far less than what is actually okay and so I just want to address this before we jump into everything else because I could have quite easily put Um, email on here in fact the list I've got is a list that my Facebook group marketing made with me after I moaned about a particular situation which I'll explain in a minute but someone did say on there you know people who send too many emails look the thing is this is with with emails you've got to remember that if someone is engaged with your brand and loves you they're probably going to love receiving your emails no matter how many you send I mean if you start sending four a day perhaps not that's a little bit crazy but we but we want to make sure that we're not undervaluing you know I I had a disagreement with someone a few weeks ago who said you know for service-based business we should be emailing no more than fortnightly well that's completely not true that's a personal preference um, and there are small business owners who do weekly or a couple times a week who get really great results and people don't feel like they're getting slammed. The content is the key. The relationship is the key. So so I haven't got email on here, but obviously there are some things around email that we do have to consider, like spamming, and we'll probably talk about that. Um, but this podcast was created because I was cold messaged on my personal Facebook page, which I really hate, by some small business owner who I had never met or interacted with before, pitching her system to me. When I asked her how she got my details, she initially lied and said it was from a Facebook group which didn't exist. I know because she told me the name of the business, the Facebook group, and I was like, well, I'm not part of that group, but then did a big search, didn't even exist. So 
even if it had, it's unlikely she would have been allowed to do that. Most Facebook groups, including mine, do not allow you to just direct message people. It's the rudest, the rudest thing to message people and try and pitch them in a Facebook message. Um, and it's not allowed, guys, unless someone's given you permission. It is not actually allowed. Um, she finally admitted, though, that she was actually using software where she used it to find potential leads. She used the friend list of other people she connected to because people often connect with people that they haven't filtered. And I found that person. Um, she happened to be in my group, too, and we talked about it. And she's since disconnected from that person. After I blocked her because she would not stop. I went to my MapIt Facebook group to ask them what other marketing tactics they hated or believed they needed to stop. And so here's our list and some suggested alternative methods because I don't want to just moan, although that's kind of fun. I want to give you some ideas. So if you've ever been tempted by that offer that's too good to be true, if you've ever been told to send cold emails or direct messages or wondered how to show your best side, or you'd just like to join me in having a vent, of all those dubious marketing practices, then this episode is for you. Let's start with what Daria Williamson in my MAPIC group talked about calling it a pitch slap, which I really, really like that phrase. So that's what this person did. Um, and then I discovered she wasn't just doing it to me. She was doing it to a bunch of other people. She got really rude when I said I wasn't interested. Um, she got quite nasty about it um, and I ended up blocking her and then she tried to Facebook friend me so she could continue her nefarious ways. Um, look, the thing is this, um, I have this also on LinkedIn. Most of us who use LinkedIn, we get cold pictures all the time. Um, I'm going to talk first around the Facebook thing and then we'll talk about LinkedIn after that. So on Facebook, yes, it is actually directly against terms of service. Um, to do this to actually and message and pitch on there and for a start um, you know Facebook is a place that we're meant to have fun and enjoy ourselves and even if we're working as business owners we don't always want to be sold to on there and I get it a lot um, so there's a couple of things one if someone has asked a question in a Facebook group and was asking for advice, you are not allowed to DM and sell yourself to that person or sell your services to that person unless you've expressly asked them if you're allowed to do that in that line of messaging and respect them when they say no. It's horrible when you go into a Facebook group and you ask for advice and suddenly you get 45,000 people, slight exaggeration, maybe, but maybe sometimes 30 people depending on the post pitching their information now for a start when you do that a lot of the time it goes to spam or they can't see it in their feed so unless they've asked given you permission they may not even see it anyway but actually that's not how we do things you know it's it's not how we sell it's kind of like you're standing at the corner and yelling at them because they've shown they've got a need uh, a better way to do that in the group is to say, I've got some material. Would you like me to share it with you in a private message? And if they say yes, now you have the opportunity to do that. If they don't, then put the information in that feed. When it comes to someone like this person doing this crazy cold pitching stuff, yeah, maybe she's had success. She said she's had some success with it. But you've got to think about all the people you piss off to get that success. And is that worth it? You know, we're, we live in a, in a very connected place. And when people are unhappy and they talk like I'm talking about this person, when we talk about things, um, that can do a lot of your brand, your brand a lot of damage. And 
it's it's not a pleasant thing to do. And I think it too, to me, it says it doesn't actually show that you back your product or service. If you're having to come on cold pitch me all the time, especially if it's in a marketing space, there's problems with your marketing that you have to cold pitch me. Because if your stuff was really, really good, you'd be getting good referrals, good repeat business, and you'd be able to do normal marketing without having to be obliterative to me and push something down my throat. So, so you know, it's a sign that there is a, an actual problem with your offer, that that is the core way that you are selling. On this note too, Another thing that really irks me are people that put a post up in a Facebook group and then ask a question like an expert. And I've had marketing people do this to me, which drives me nuts because we should know better, where they put a question up and then depending on what people, whoever responds to it, they take that as an opportunity to privately message that person and pitch their services. Again, you have missed a step of trust. It is not up for us to jump and pounce. Are you talking about being a spider, being a kind or a nasty spider? It is not our job to pounce on any particular interaction and then move it to a sales conversation. Allow people to come to that in their own time and space. Trust the process. If you are so desperate that you're pouncing, you're missing the opportunity to let that person come to you when they are ready. You should not have to push your product or service to anyone that interacts with you online and says, cool, now there's the opening. It'd be kind of like, you know, going on a first date with someone and asking them to marry you because you're like, this person agreed on a date, so now they're ready for a lifelong commitment. Okay, let's be honest, that has happened to people and sometimes it's worked and that is fine. But the vast majority of people who you were on a date with would think you were creepy, think it was not okay and never want to talk to you again. Is it worth paying that price? Instead, play the long game. Have a good offer. Be relaxed. Don't feel like you've got to jump and sell at every point and trust the process and trust the customer because that is so important. Something I talk about in my book, Be a Spider Builder, web all the time. Our job is not to speed up that relationship. Our job is to help draw people in and they will come when they are ready. And that does take time and that does take being consistent, but it means you build your business the right way. So that's the first one. While we're talking about Facebook, LinkedIn. LinkedIn also has cold messaging. You know, my particular, or um, you know, there's people who just cold message on the first message and, and that's fine because I can just delete those people. But the, the people that frustrate me, frustrate me, are the ones who pretend they are interested in connecting and then the minute they connect, they pitch. And I can, I normally can spot them. I'll go and have a look at their profile. And it's a real shame because there are particular industries, insurance advisors, business coaches, marketing people like me, and I'm sure this must impact me growing my own network, who the moment they connect with you, they pitch to you. And I I think I've got pretty good radar, but it's an energy that I feel I don't have to, I shouldn't have to expend trying to work out whether you're going to be one of these annoying people or not. And recently I had an insurance um, guy who, mess, who connected with me and he sent kind of like a nice, you know, read some of your posts, I enjoyed them. And then I connected and the first thing he did was pitch and said, cool, I'd like to meet your insurance needs and stuff. And I said, look, I don't know enough about you. We already have insurance. 
Um, and so it's unlikely that we'll shift. We, you know, we're happy with who we have. And he disconnected from me because for him, he said, what a waste of time. For him, he just sees LinkedIn as this direct sales platform and it's missing the opportunity. And if you are like that, if you're going, I need to make sure I tell people what I do. I need to tell people and offer them what I do and give them something. You are rushing that relationship, but you're not trusting people. You're not trusting that if you provide a, an evidence of who you are and your and your personality, if you're a service-based business, you're not showing who you are and how you communicate and what you think, that that would be enough. And it is enough. It is enough because in these trust-based roles, we're looking for people that we go, that person meets my values, or I don't need that thing, but that person meets my values enough to refer them to somebody. You are trying to skip the process and it's hurting your business. So we don't want to do that. While we're here on my long-term rant, on Instagram, they have a different technique. And I'm sure a coach has taught it to them somewhere and it is driving me nuts. They like a whole bunch of posts, make a couple of comments, come into the direct messages and then say something like, how long have you been a da-da-da coach for? This is they target coaches for this. They might target other people, but I'm getting the coaches on. How long have you been a coach for? And you say, oh, you know, how long I have. And then they make assumptions you need to become an eight-figure business or a seven-figure business or, you know, you're obviously not doing this, you're not doing that, come and join my mastermind or whatever. And again, there's no relationship that's happened between liking all those posts. Liking all those posts and making a couple of comments is not a contract to then pitch your services. And jumping straight into a direct message when you don't haven't spent the time allowing them to enjoy your content and seeing whether you're someone you like to work and let them come to you. Again, little faith in what you are teaching and your offers if you have to keep on jumping in with the sales pitch right away. So to me, it says you don't actually trust what you teach if you're having to scout around for work all the time or what you're doing isn't good enough because you're having to scout and pounce. And look, I have been in the position, I've talked about it in my book, Bear Spider, where I was a pouncer, not to that extreme, but I would jump in if anyone had a comment, I'd always be first with, hey, this is what we do and this is how we do it, you know, because I was so desperate for us to grow our business and I couldn't understand why we weren't getting repeat business and referral business, but it was because the work was not good enough. Um, you know, now I am so thankful that my coaching clients keep on signing up after we finish something and I, I, I want to go deeper with them. And I, you know, I love that we have so much repeat business and referral business because that shows that there's a healthy business going on. And that's what you need to be building. You cannot be like the business owner I once talked to years ago who said a new customer is just someone we haven't pissed off yet. That is not going to be okay told you this is going to be a rant um so the other thing that happens on instagram often is people offering you um to do a thing where you pay 250 or 500 bucks to be um in a forbes article or like a big expensive article they are definitely scams um they do it because it's again it's a numbers thing um it is something you end up being in this article but it's a vanity thing it makes no difference it's not actually a forbes article they kind of work the system in a way that's that's quite um and oh, you know it's kind of clever great money marketing rule but is actually not something that actually helps you as a business owner so just 
ignore those um, and move on from them, but they are not okay. Um, but I don't really have any um, suggestions on what those people could do differently, except just stop doing it because, you know, but they're going to make lots of money from them because so many people sign up for them. So. Um, so pitch slaps are definitely not okay. I think that's a really important thing. Open, like those open-ended, overly friendly questions are often a trap. I want us as marketers, as business owners, as nice people to stop having a script in our heads of how we're going to turn, hello, how are you? Which to me is such a red flag now and makes me think, uh-oh, here's the pitch coming, which is such a shame to and try to think how far I can move that to hey can I book a time to work with you and instead go how about I focus on building a relationship with this person that has no selling involved in it and trust that process you are exhibiting I've said this before but you're exhibiting an extreme lack of protein of, of confidence in what you do and what you're selling if you jump to sales all the time um, another thing that that I'm gonna um, I'm gonna talk around this too, which kind of relates, is needy marketing. Now, have I wanted to do this before? Yes, I have. Do I understand when you do it? Yes, I do. But this is the stuff that I see people stuck in a cycle, and and there's a couple of people that I follow. Um, try not to watch their stuff too much because it drives me nuts. Um, who are stuck in the cycle where they sell slow down, particularly e-commerce, a couple of coaches and stuff like that too, a few freelance writers that I've seen, and they start freaking out because it's quiet and they start going, you need to feed me, essentially. You need to buy my stuff because I need to survive. And then they get this flurry of orders and then they go quiet because they're busy and then they do it again. And the thing is, is that if you are a needy marketer, you don't attract to tend to track quality clients. So if you're marketing from a needy perspective all the time, you are actually creating quite an unhealthy dynamic between you and the customer. You are often taking people who may either have a bit of a hero complex and so um, may not actually be open to you actually doing your best work because they're just coming in to save you or people that also are quite dysfunctional in the way they relate. And so they end up with complicated, complicated relationships with your clients and customers. If you're tempted to do needy marketing, my suggestion to you is one thing is to keep your marketing consistent. So consistently average marketing will help you uh, because quite often what happens is you're busy. So you take the time out, then you freak out and come back in and you're needy again. So try and break that cycle. But also if you are really needy and stressed, step away from the computer for a few days. Have a think about how to reset your brain and stop thinking about that sale. Think long term. I know it's really hard when things are stressful. You can definitely say things like, I've currently got three spaces. I've got opportunities here. I've got a special. I've got a deal. You know, um, I've got extra stock that I need to that I need to move. That's all okay, but using emotional manipulation to sell is not okay. All right, so try and flip it and find a more positive way to talk about it. Even have posts that you've written when you're up and feeling really confident and good that you can actually post during those times prevent yourself from going through your needy downward spiral because it's not good for you. Um, another thing that um, I want to talk around this as well um, is just around 
marketing on the wrong messaging. So I've seen um, seen this happen. It drives, again, drives me nuts. So um, one of them would be people who um, use vanity, vanity metrics to sell. So they say things, I have this many followers, um, I have this much reach, so you need to work with me because I am all powerful. Um, followers do show, can show a sign of success only if there is really high engagement rates on those followers numbers. And for many business owners, we don't know that. Like you may not know that. You don't know to look and see, okay, so, you know, how many comments are they getting on a post? You know, what are they doing here? Asking for a breakdown of what those numbers mean. Um, I've recently seen someone who was marketing to a large, about how they had this huge follower thing, um, did the numbers and it's nowhere near what they say they've got. Um, and I don't know where their numbers are come from. I'm not going to go and ask them, but I was interested because it kind of made me think, oh, that's that's a, that's an amazing number. Like how did that happen? Um, don't know how it came up. And I think that, but it's also like this vanity thing of like when we use follower numbers, it doesn't really mean anything to me. Like if I had a crowd of a hundred thousand followers, I don't. Um, I think my combined is. Let me just do a quick check. Um, two, one, two, 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 four. Six, eight. So I think mine's around the 17, 18,000 in total, maybe. Um, not counting my email. So if I count my email, probably it's around 25, 23, 25. Um, so if I've got that, that's my total audience. How's that going to help you as a business owner? Um, it would help if I was an influencer, potentially, but only if I showed you my enrollment. But how is that going to help you, me having all those numbers? What you do need to know is how I can help you engage your followers. How can I help you grow your followers? And in a world people can buy followers that can follow people just because they're, the, they're not the right audience, you know, like there's so many ways that we can create that. It really means nothing. And so be really, you know, like instead of using vanity metrics like those things to promote yourself, Instead, use things around the benefits for the, the the people that you're talking to. Another thing that falls into that for me is awards um, and is around that kind of anything that stokes our ego. And, and look, I want to, you know, I want to say those things too. I I will say my bio, I'm an author. I, I say my bio, I'm a podcaster. But if I was selling to you, if I was working with you I wouldn't say hey you should work with me because I'm a podcaster or I'm an author um, or I've won an award I've won awards um, I wouldn't use those as things that would convince you hopefully that wouldn't be what you'd want to work with me for it would be more around here's the things that the benefits of working with someone who's a podcaster um, I can help you start a podcast I can help you work out how to get your message out um, and those things are the same as if I'm working with video or working with blogs and that's what we want to be looking at. Instead of looking at your own attributes of what you've got, think about the offer or the benefits. So for those of you that are seeing that behavior um, or you're tempted yourself to go, I'm an award-winning such and such, or I have this, or I have this this feature that is part of what I do. I, you know, I, I used to say, you know, author of 27, it's now 28 books. But I used to say that um, that's great, but it doesn't really help you unless I'm going to, I'm saying that I'm 
going to help you write a book, right? And I'm not doing that. So it's it's not it's it's about making sure that whatever we're talking about on our website and our bios and our posts and our headlines, everything is about benefits to the end user, not things that stroke our ego. Now, in terms of this, if you are a food business, sometimes awards can help, um, but I still wouldn't have that as one of the key things in your Instagram bio, for example. It's hard because you've put all the effort in and you know that it's working, but actually most of us just don't care. That's I know that's hard to hear. Uh, most of us don't care about that stuff. What we really care about is, does it taste good? Uh, what can I use it with? Um, where can I get it? Those are the things that we really care about. And so think about how much you're saying is your ego as a vote opposed to what is the benefit to the user. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about here too, um, which is about emails a little bit, is um, in a couple of episodes time, I'm going to be talking about gated and non-gated content. And non-gated, if you remember, because I'm going to say what they are in the thing, but non-gated content is anything I can come to your website or your social media platforms and read or see YouTube. Um, and I don't have to give you anything for it. It's just free and it helps me build trust with you. Gated content is the same, but I, you have to pay me an email to get to it. You have to give me your email address and then I'll give it to you. I call it lead generation as well. And I'm a huge believer in it. But one of the damaging things that happen um, is when you just go, cool, I need people's emails. I'm just going to whip something up. You don't really think about why you're doing it and if it's beneficial to the person getting it. And that what I would call crappy gated content with then ongoing long, heavy pitching emails can be really damaging. Um, I recently signed up or a really cool calculator for something um, for my personal health actually really loved it like I thought it was cool but now I'm getting like daily sometimes more than daily very long quite full-on pitchy emails and the the actual gated content was actually pretty cool but it doesn't feel like it fits what I'm now getting in emails and that has to have a connection and I do feel that for most of us daily emails is too many um, even though I said before, you know, you can email lots. Often daily emails are too many. And if they are daily emails, they have to be good. So so when we're looking at these things, you know, if you're tempted to jump in and do something, if you're tempted to follow like a, a thing, always think about your target market and your target customer and what they want to do. Have a think about making sure that whatever you're doing is not rushing ahead and try to push or pull someone into a decision that you haven't given them time and space to find. That you don't break the rules of engagement on the social media platforms we're on because it can get you banned. Um, and I did report that person who messaged me on Facebook and I'm happy to report other people that do those things. Also, woe betide you if you send me a salesy LinkedIn message because you're going to get a lecture. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I know I'm sounding crusty and grumpy. And, and, you know, I spent, I sat like three weeks on this content, hoping that I wouldn't be too ranty. But I guess for me, like for marketing is so much, so much more than selling. Marketing for me is about showing people who you are consistently so that the people who respond to that choose you. 
And when people do all this other stuff, which is shortcutting and and not actually caring so much about the customer and really caring more about themselves, when people are just thinking about what they can get out of you as opposed to what they are giving, I feel the world's a sadder place and the business world is a sadder place. And I really think marketing can be a really beautiful thing in terms of building that relationship. It's why I wrote my book, Be a Spider, build a web I didn't want to say the whole name because I was like oh hang on did I just do an accidental promo when I was meant to be um yes why I wrote it because I learned this the hard way myself through going through desperateness and neediness and stress and worrying about growing a business and how to sustain it and I can tell you that the longer route that you take that longer journey of building trust so pays off and so builds a dream business that you want to have but when we take shortcuts and try and trap or trick people into buying from us nobody wins you don't win because you've burnt through so many people to get to those one or two people who signed up the people that are burnt don't win the people that are doing the right thing don't win because the people that are burnt now stress about whether they're going to trust another person and instead, let's elevate, let's take this up and let's start using marketing to build a relationship with our audience and our community instead. And that's my rant. Now, next week, you'll be pleased to hear that I'm not ranting. Um, I've got Debbie Stowe from Meat Vince or from Vince. I call it Meat Vince because that's her website. It is a vegan mince, um, but it is not designed primarily for vegans. And I was very lucky to try some of it very early days. It's an awesome product. And she's going to be talking to us about Vince and the plans for it. No rants from me next week. I hope you have a good week. And I would love it. If you've got any questions from today, um, do come and be part of the Mapit Marketing Group. Um, ask questions in there. And um, obviously, too, if you're interested, you can check out my book, Be a Spider, Build a Web, um, if you want to know more about how to build that trust-based marketing. Probably my last rant for a while, unless you liked it. Let me know. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon.